Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano is in session. Hey, good Thursday morning from the Iowa Catholic Radio Studios in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mano, and I'm here with Gina Noll. Gina, how are you? I am good. I'm very good, thank you. Got a lot of things that are coming up this weekend. We're going to talk about something that is uh, completely different from what we've talked about before. Has I love to, those kind of shows. <laughs> it has to do with some voting irregularities uh, using uh, elderly folks, really abusing elderly fo- folks that are under guardianships to get their votes. Out of and, the state of Wisconsin. Right. And the reason why I wanted this show uh, over others that we could have done is because I did this for years. I'd take about... As an uh, attorney. As an attorney, about 10 or 12 cases a year that I was appointed to either represent somebody who was the subject of a guardianship or to make an independent uh, report to the court uh, about whether or not a guardianship should be imposed on them and then what other... Uh, recommendations we'd make. And one of them was, uh, is this person capable of voting? Uh, you know, and and that's, that's the crux of what we're going to do today. Well, when I saw that this was the topic today, I had no idea um, that you could take voting rights away from someone who was elderly or, dis- or yeah, we had, incapacitated. We had two things that we did uh, here. Uh, the two questions were at the end. If there was a guardianship that was uh, established, it meant that the person you know, couldn't sure. function on his own. Sure. Uh, and so we had uh, two questions we'd have to ask and have answered. One is, is, should the person be able to retain their right to vote? In other words, could they make decisions to know what they were doing? Okay. The other one was, should they retain the right to marriage without a court order or court permission? Because some elderly people, uh, or sometimes not elderly people, but handicapped folks uh, can be kind of... Uh, uh, led astray, uh, and their money could be uh, at risk if you let somebody come in and then oh, and marry Miriam. them. Oh, and, I hadn't yeah, thought of yeah. that. So that was the other question that we would answer. And so I made a lot of recommendations, and I presented a lot of evidence to the courts in these cases. And uh, and so now we find that they're doing the same thing in Wisconsin, except what they're doing is they're uh, ignoring those those court orders that say this person has lost their right to vote. And they're allowing them to be voted or at least somebody's voting for for them. Right. Somebody's voting for them. So that's what we're going to talk about today with Eric Kendall from the uh, Thomas More Society. And we're going to have him in just a few seconds come back with us. Do you have a prayer to open us up with or any wise words uh, to open us up with? I do have a prayer. We just go straight to the prayer. That's uh, those are the wise words. Those are my wise words and not mine, honestly. Um, Pope Benedict's words, his prayer for peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of this earth. Turn to your way of love, those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us all in hope, and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among the nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. And thank you very much, and we will be right back in just a few seconds. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. 
The Christ Our Life Catholic Conference returns to Des Moines September 24th and 25th at Wells Fargo Arena. Discover world-class speakers, mass among thousands, and more. Visit ChristOurLifeIowa.com for tickets and information. ChristOurLifeIowa.com Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. What great news for donors to the Catholic Tuition Organization. You now receive 75% of your donation back in Iowa tax credits. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. Best gift ever. Online. CTOIowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Construction Professionals. Construction Professionals does remodeling and new construction. Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. And we're back. Uh, this is Dave Dontron, Iowa Catholic Radio. We have uh, Eric Bell from Thomas More Law Center. We just spoke about a few minutes ago in our uh, opening. Um, and uh, he's got an interesting case that he's working on, and it has to do with voting rights in Wisconsin. Eric, you want to explain a little bit about what's going on? Uh, sure. Uh, what we found is in Wisconsin, uh, through uh, referrals from you know, really great families, that there were elderly people in Wisconsin who were under no-vote guardian orders who were basically being voted for. And uh, we were shocked that after a court adjudicates someone lacking capacity to vote, that anyone would be voting for them. And we saw it as a you know, pro-life dignity issue. Certainly so is. We're right. really fighting hard for uh, these people to uh, not be voted for. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that there's a couple of matters up there in Wisconsin that the Thomas More Society is working on having to do with voting rights. And I know there was just a, a major report that was issued probably a couple months ago by a former member of the Wisconsin Supreme Court on the irregularities in voting there. Uh, that's right. Um, this is part of uh, Thomas More Society's election integrity uh, program, uh, and we're focusing right now on the swing states like Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And in Wisconsin, when we did a long, you know, deep dive into investigation, uh, we found many irregularities, uh, similarly to the report that the retired Supreme Court Justice Mike Gableman published. And we you know, shared our investigation, and, and one of the issues was um, the wards under no vote guardianship orders voting. Another one was, you know, the illegal draft boxes on July 8th. The Wisconsin Supreme Court said that those were illegal. Those were then purchased, the illegal drop boxes, by Zuckerberg's nonprofit, Center for Tech and Civic Life, who funded uh, in the Wisconsin five largest cities uh, $8.8 million of get out to vote efforts, which uh, include the illegal drop boxes, but it, it also you know, violated Wisconsin law. And so that's what we're working on right now is trying to get the private money out of election administration, stop the drop boxes, stop the wards voting under no vote guardianship orders. And there's quite a bit of work to do. You know, we've got a case now that I think is going to be heard by the Supreme Court next term. And that's, I think it's Moore versus Harper. 
uh, is the name of the case. It's coming from North Carolina, and it has to do with the uh, uh, priority that the state legislature has or doesn't have in setting election rules. And I guess the question is, uh, under the uh, Supreme Court, uh, which or under the Constitution, which says the legislature is to do that, the question is, how far can you deviate from that by judicial fiat or by uh, uh, administrative fiat? And that's going to be heard, I guess, next October, something like that. And so when that case is uh, handed down, we're probably going to have some definitive rules on that or not. <laughs> you know, sometimes the Supreme Court ducks those things and then they keep coming up and up and up. Uh, that's right. The, the Thomas More Society will be filing a, a front of the court brief in that case. Uh, and our position will be that the state legislatures are given federal powers under the Elections Clause and Electors Clause. And so those powers are real. They're granted by the federal uh, Constitution, and, and they sh- should be exercised without other branches of government like the judiciary or you know, the executive trampling on those powers. There, there are two other related subject areas. That, that case involves redistricting. Right. Uh, these roughly categorized under uh, the independent state legislature doctrine. The other two would be, uh, one, uh, the Electoral Count Act. Uh, bipartisan group of senators are proposing to revise uh, the Electoral Count Act. But the problem with that is it's another congressional power grab. It's supposed to be the state legislatures and the states who determine the electoral votes, not Congress. Then the other area, very concerning, is President Biden's Executive Order 14019, where he actually issued an executive order directing the federal agencies to develop plans to conduct voter registration and to get out the vote. And this is a... Well, we know who's going to be doing that for them. (laughs) Right, and it's a credible violation of the state legislative prerogatives. Remember, uh, the Elections Clause says the state legislatures decide unless... You know, Congress uh, issues a, uh, you know, passes a federal law. There, there's no room for executive orders there. The, the president is in Congress. Last time I checked, and so it's a, a egregious uh, assumption of power by the president. Yeah, I think it's interesting to point out too that uh, that legislative uh, clause in the elections clause uh, that, that has to do with Congress, the election of congressmen and senators. Uh, there's a companion provision in the election of a president saying the same thing, that the electors will be chosen as the state legislature determines. Uh, that's right. And one, one other um, interesting thing to note is that with congressional elections, the final judge you know, is Congress. So Congress gets to judge you know, whether an election was conducted fairly, whether a congressman should be seated. But with respect to the presidency... Uh, the framers of the Constitution wanted to keep Congress away from that process because they, they were concerned about the incumbent president's power over the you know, current legislature. And so that's why we have the Electoral College in part, is to uh, sort of insulate that process from congressional influence. And now here, you know, they're messing around with it again by trying to expand their powers by amending the Electoral Count Act, which we believe in itself is unconstitutional. Yeah, and I... Uh... I think that uh, with the court that we have now, we're likely to get a favorable ruling out of that. But who knows, you know, what may happen between now and then. Let's go back to the uh, elderly people here who are uh, having these uh, no vote orders entered. How come somebody in Wisconsin would have a no vote order uh, uh, entered against them? And, uh, and, And maybe 
even more basic than that. What is the guardianship that they're involved in? Right. The, the guardianship is a proceeding involving the person where the powers of the person to make individual decisions are passed to another person. And part of the form court order in Wisconsin uh, addresses specific rights, including the right to vote. And so when we're talking about people under guardianship, no vote orders, we're talking about people who um, have lost their right to vote as a result of a guardianship proceeding. And that's really an important point because there's a court order saying this person can't vote. And then in our investigation, we found that the probate registers in Wisconsin were notifying the Wisconsin Election Commission of each person who was ineligible to vote. And they do that through a form called the Notice of Eligibility form. And then we found the Wisconsin Election Commission prior to the November 2020 election, stopped keeping track of those people. So the Wisconsin Election Commission voter database has a a shortfall of about 95% of the persons who are wards under no-vote guardianship orders. And we know that because we've had 13 probate registers of the 72 probate registers in Wisconsin cooperate with us and tell us how many people are wards under no vote guardianship orders in their counties. And we compare that to the, the data in the WISVO system, and they're 95% short. So rather than 2,500 wards under no vote guardianship orders listed, there are about 139. Okay. Now, uh, I've been um, a watcher of politics for a long time, and I know that at least around here, and I think probably in every other uh, state of the union, uh, a, a fertile place to get votes is to send volunteers into nursing homes and to talk people into signing applications for uh, um, uh, ballots, absentee ballots, or, uh, absentee mm-hmm. ballots uh, or having the ballots go in and pick the ballots up from these people, having them sign and maybe not even marking them themselves because a lot of these people unfortunately don't really know what they're doing, which is the reason why they'd have a no vote uh, order against them. I take it uh, that that's pretty prevalent up there as well. Uh, uh, correct. So uh, there's some more. Yeah, that's right. And a little bit more detail is that this problem has been prevalent in Wisconsin. That is nursing home activities directors voting people that shouldn't be voting. So the legislative cure to that was sending out one member of each political party as special voting deputies to conduct the nursing home absentee ballot voting. But the Wisconsin Election Commission, in the, for, the, for the November 2020 election, remember, you know, w- w- well after COVID started, right, they, mm-hmm. they suspended the special voting deputies. The Racine County Sheriff investigated the Wisconsin Election Commission direction to suspend the sending out of the special voting deputies and, and, and found it to be a felony and recommended prosecution because there wasn't any good reason not to send out the special voting deputies. So you see the Wisconsin Election Commission did not send out the special voting deputies and were not keeping track of the wards under no-vote guardianship orders. As Winston Churchill said, you know, nothing in politics is unintentional. Mm-hmm. So this, this is not a, unintentional, right? They, they didn't send out the, uh, the special voting deputies because they didn't want a Republican 
involved <laughs> basically and they, they and they didn't uh, keep track of the wards under no vote guardianship orders because they basically wanted them to vote and a lot of them were voting without knowing what they were voting for which in my mind is uh, uh, abuse that's stealing their vote right and particularly here where the judges said they that they don't have a right to register and vote so remember the Wisconsin Election Commission should have deregistered them because they had lost the right to vote in a judicial process. And so that, that's what's so interesting about this. You know, it's a, it's a low propensity group, right? So mm-hmm. you know, no one would expect wards that are no vote guardianship orders to vote because they're supposed to be deregistered. But instead of deregistering them, the Wisconsin Election Commission kept them active, you know, registered, they sent them absentee ballots, and then they voted, and they continued to vote because the Wisconsin Election Commission, despite our 13 lawsuits against the 13 probate registers to clean this up, refused to update the database with all these uh, wards under no vote guardianship orders. Okay. Now, I know in Iowa, the two questions that we had to answer once a, a guardianship was going to be established was, is the person el- continue to be eligible to vote? And in some cases, they would be. In some cases, they wouldn't be. The other one was, uh, is the person free to marry without court approval? Uh, do you have something like that in Wisconsin? Yeah, we do. And, and that's part of the form, then, that's mm-hmm. filled out. Uh, every the state court form, CCAP, they call it. And these are the types of rights that are either preserved or, or, or negated. And with respect to the right to vote, there's a battery of questions that are asked to see if a person understands what an election is or, or what the consequence of a vote is. And I think it's a very fair set of questions the judge asks the proposed ward. And remember, the ward in the guardianships, they're losing their power to decide where they live, you know, losing the power to contract. And so generally they're going to lose the power to vote because they don't understand the consequences of actions. And so according to the probate registers we're talking to, you know, 90, 95% of guardianship orders involve the loss of the right to vote. Now, one thing that's confusing is that guardianships don't entail asset management issues. So right. if you have a vulnerable adult whose assets are vulnerable, that's called conservatorship. Right. In a conservatorship proceeding, you wouldn't lose your right to vote. It's just a guardianship proceeding. That's where we're talking about losing rights to vote. Uh, conservatorships about managing assets. Right. And now getting back to the question on the marriage, uh, was that information being sent forward to the people who would uh, issue marriage licenses? Because I can see a situation occurring uh, where somebody can really get scammed by uh, an elderly person, for example, or an incapable person could be scammed by somebody uh, who could uh, get into their finances that way. Yeah, there's no statute in Wisconsin that requires that information to be forwarded, for example, to uh, the municipal clerk who issues the licenses or the court clerk. But with respect to the eligibility to vote issue, there's a specific statute saying the register and probate will transmit the information to the agency in charge okay. of the you know, WISVOTE database. Right. But it's a, it's a good point. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a similar type of uh, a scam, and we're talking about protecting people. Right. So we want to protect 
you know, elderly citizens' assets. We also want to, you know, protect their right to vote or not vote, and also their right to marry or not marry. And, and so when you have specific individual adjudications by a judge, you know, with the person in the courtroom, and you have the questions being asked, it, it seems like that satisfies most people's concerns that someone's losing their right to vote unjustly. However, the, the progressives just have like a couple notes in this area. One is, you know, elderly people have the right to vote. And if you disagree with one, you, you, you're, you're a bad person. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make sense. You can be a good person and agree that someone shouldn't vote because they don't understand voting. Right. Well, the system is designed to protect these people and not to abuse them and not to, uh, uh, to take advantage of them. And that and that's where apparently it's falling down with uh, no vote orders not being uh, uh, transferred to where they should go. Yeah, and I think generally, um, you know, when we're talking about the three branches of government, that the the judicial branch is the one probably least talked about. But it, within the world of you know judges, uh, parties following court orders is like a really important thing because mm-hmm. that's what judges have are court orders. And so here you have thousands and thousands of, of court orders not being followed by the Wisconsin Election Commission. And the Wisconsin Election Commission, uh, we filed two administrative complaints uh, with the Wisconsin Election Commission trying to get them to address the issue, and they refused. Uh, the chair of the General Assembly Elections and Campaigns Committee tried to get them to address this issue. Uh, they refused. So it's almost like they feel like they're above the law, and they ignore the law because there aren't any real remedies against the agency. And so we're trying to work that through in Wisconsin, but in states where you know, maybe the election system's a little bit more healthy, uh, you, we should appreciate that, that we haven't gotten to this point where you have a lawless you know, state election law agency turning into a serial violator of the law. Yeah, we're running out of time here, Eric, and uh, so we're going to have to uh, cut it at that. But we certainly appreciate what you're doing. and want to uh, wish you luck on what you're doing, and we'll follow. Uh, I know uh, the Thomas More Society has a website, and we can follow what you're doing there and uh, have you back when we get to the bottom of all this. That'll be, that'll be great. We're working through all the litigation. We'll keep you posted. Thank Good. you. Thank you, Eric Kendall, special counsel with the Thomas More Society. We will be back in just a couple of seconds. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Mercy College of Health Sciences, mchs.edu. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Intervisions Healthcare, empowering men and women to make the most informed, life-affirming decisions for themselves and their families. Learn more at ivhcare.org, ivhcare.org. Thank you, Intervisions Healthcare, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. 
Monsignor Frank Bignano here. It's time to save the dates for the 2022 Christ Our Life Catholic Conference, Saturday and Sunday, September 24 and 25 at Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines. If you can't join us in person, live stream it. Once again, the conference offers a world-class lineup of speakers, the Holy Mass, incredible music, reconciliation, and adoration. Go to ChristOurLifeIowa.com for tickets and information. The 2022 Christ Our Life Catholic Conference, ChristOurLifeIowa.com. And we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial and I with Catholic Radio. Gina, um, you were kind of quiet during the interview, but I know well, you've been you involved in... Well, you lawyers were going at it. I just sat back <laughs> in and politics listened. for so long <laughs> that this probably sounded very familiar to you. Well, a couple of observations. Um, so first of all, they we didn't talk about... Well, I learned a lot about guardianships. I had no idea that there was such a thing. And it seems um, interesting to me that... Um, it's, the shotgun approach to violating election laws so that there could be um, outcomes in the election that were not necessarily valid um, is very prevalent. This is mm-hmm. one small pellet of that shotgun um, uh, method. It, in, in essence, there were about 20,000 votes by people who had these notes. They're estimating. Mm-hmm. Um, so really doesn't affect the outcome of a presidential election in Wisconsin, but certainly would affect the outcome of some local, local elections. elections. Right. The other thing that uh, wasn't discussed, and maybe our viewers would be interested to know, is that the Wisconsin Elections Commission is still not um, removing these names from the right. voter registries, and they have voted. These They've cited a couple of examples in the story, and you can find it on the website. But people who have these no-vote um, restrictions are still voting and um, have been um, han- have been requesting absentee ballots. So who's doing that? Well, and who's name? been requesting them? Right. And is, is the thing, yeah. The other thing that really stood out for me is that there's no consequences in the code, no right. penalties, no remedies. And so the Wisconsin Election Commission is uh, free to do as they please. What I don't understand, because I don't understand Wisconsin legislation, but in Iowa, our county election officials could take those names off even if the state didn't. Right. Um, so I don't know if the, the counties are violating and, it And, also. you know, as I'm reading this, uh, getting the information the other day for the interview, uh, I, it suddenly dawned on me, I don't know what the procedure is or how it's being followed in Iowa. Now, I know we haven't had a lot of complaints about it, but uh, I'm assuming that... That's it's because to... that Wisconsin right now is under a very... Um, uh, under a microscope, all of the voting irregularities. So they're finding these things every day. I, I don't think I was under that kind of microscope. No, uh, we've, had, we've had fairly clean elections, so we don't have a whole lot to worry about here. But it be interesting to find out if that is uh, uh, the procedure that they use in Iowa. Yeah, yeah statewide or if it comes at yeah, the county yeah. level. We'll, right. have to, we'll have to see. I'm sure it would come at the county level because that's where the registration is. You know are. what? I'll look into it before next week. And Very I'll good. Back to Very it. good. We'll, yeah. we'll talk to you about it next week then. We'll put you on the, on the agenda for next week. Excellent. And speaking of agenda for next week, I think we're done for this week. And uh, so let, let us uh, end with our defender's prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou the prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. 
Amen. Amen. Until next week, we'll see you later. I have blessed and peaceful. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app.